1: Hey, Ute fans, before this episode starts, I just want to jump on here. I'm sure all of you have heard the news uh, that broke Tuesday morning that starting quarterback, Charlie Brewer, has left the program. We recorded this episode the day before, and so we do get into discussions on who should be the starter moving forward, either Cam Rising or Charlie Brewer. Now that Brewer has left the program, obviously Cam Rising is going to be the starting quarterback moving forward for the Utes. Just wanted to kind of clear that up as we did record this before the news broke.
0: You're listening to the Utah Man Podcast. Bringing you the latest news and analysis for your Utah youths. Now your hosts, Cameron, Ryan, and Scott.
1: Welcome on into the Utah Man Podcast. On this episode, we're talking... Utes are in trouble losing two in a row and looking ahead as Utah gets ready for Pac-12 play. I'm Cameron, and I got Ryan.
0: What's up, Ute Nation?
1: And we don't have Scott.
0: He's vacationing He's- in the islands this week.
1: <laughs> Who Who's in a worse spot right now, Utah dropping two games or Scott on vacation with in-laws? <laughs> Oh, that's a tough one. That is <laughs> tough, but uh Scott is is in Hawaii soaking in the sun, I'm sure drowning his sorrows of Utah losing to San Diego State in triple overtime 33-31. Uh Ryan, before we get into like the game, can we just talk about the whole new overtime rules? And oh my gosh. I, I'm sure that's like I'm going to come across as like a bitter Utah fan because <laughs> Utah lost, but can of say how College football had the perfect overtime system. Why are they messing with it and on third overtime making you just go for two? Why not keep playing from the 25 each time? I don't get it.
0: I, I don't get it either. Uh, this was the first. I think I remember hearing that it had to change, but I didn't really pay attention to it. So this was the first I'd seen it actually play out. And it it was awful.
1: It's ridiculous. I,
0: and and I even tweeted this out it wasn't because Utah lost it, i it's just the the whole setup and i get i guess i get to a certain extent why they're doing it for player safety but that seems like a cop out uh and i don't mind the change to overtime 2 go for 2 but just keep doing that oh don't, don't just go to a one play and you're done
1: exactly i don't like it and i and maybe they have to get to that point where it's just two point versus two point. But maybe wait until a couple of overtimes. Like, why start it on the third overtime?
0: Yeah, I don't know. It and it 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 almost it almost lends itself to fluky things happening, exactly. which kind of which kind of happened. I mean, give credit to San Diego State; they executed their play, but it was a trick play. That
1: they won them. Oh, a hundred percent. But then again, you know that just uh, fluky things can happen. Utah, you know, the, on the field, it's called a touchdown or, or a two point conversion. How well, I don't yeah. even know what the phrase they use in the overtimes. <laughs> uh, they have to go up to booth, and it. I, I honestly, I have my Utah goggles on, but I it it could have gone either way. I think.
0: I think it could have either. It was close. It was close. And I, the hard part for me was that it was called a completion or a touchdown or a two point conversion, whatever. And it, to me, it didn't seem like there was enough there to overturn it. And that kind of even made it a tougher pill to swallow for me. I mean, I kind of resigned myself to the fact that we were going to lose because deep into the third quarter. Utah just did, didn't show up. Down fourteen on the road to a Mountain West Conference team in a soccer stadium, <laughs> and then and, and then you they fight their way back. You know they made the change of quarterback, fight their way back, and everyone gets excited. And then to lose that way was just was was tough.
1: It, it was a, a a tough game to watch. Uh Utah's offense, I mean let's jump into it, Ray. It oh it's a mess. It is an absolute mess. Uh three games in, no identity, offensive line. They still don't know what they're doing. They're they're changing guys around all throughout the game. Uh I, I, I kind of feel maybe when they brought Bills in uh in that second half, it it maybe got a little bit better. Um but,
2: yeah, yeah, I, I,
1: mean, I have not rewatched it the- was terrible so it could only get better right
0: Oh yeah it was the fir- the first half was just brutal I mean uh, and I know San Diego State was bringing a lot of pressure and they were doing the right thing because if if the offensive line cannot block as a defensive coordinator you just keep bringing guys that that's that's your job and I just don't understand why the offensive line cannot figure out what's coming at them. It's mind boggling to me.
1: Uh, No, it's 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 crazy, and it's something that you know. I think we have harped on this podcast for many years now. The offensive line, kind of being the weakness of uh, of this Utah offense, and really of this offensive, or really of this Utah team. But to that point where you're saying with the defensive coordinator seeing what's going on, people are going to mirror these two games.
0: Oh, yeah. And They're and, not going to – nothing's going to change. No. What they see
1: constantly bring pressure, and, and rightfully so. Uh, if, if you mm-hmm. see that weakness on, on an opponent, you're going to do it. And so far, Utah hasn't figured out. And I think that's the most disheartening thing is they saw it against BYU – and you think with a whole week of practice, they could make adjustments and, and and kind of coach up these guys to counteract what the defense is doing. And they didn't do anything. It honestly, mm-hmm. and it even looked like they took a step back against BYU. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, the, the rushing attack was not there for Utah. 70 yards on the ground, rushing is pathetic.
0: No, I mean, considering that, I mean, San Diego State had a good defense, but Considering that the week before uh, Bernard ran for a, almost 150 just himself, and I—I uh, I don't know—I just t- the Harding as the offensive line coach has run his course. He's done, in my opinion.
1: You think he's, he's done? He,
0: well, I think he should be done. I don't think Woody Nam's going to fire him. <laughs>
1: wow.
0: I—I—I I, I mean, realistically, what? he hasn't had a great record since he put those four guys in the NFL in 2016. We've had trouble every year blocking and and we've gotten away with it to a certain extent because of the talent in the backfield with, with um, Zach Moss and Tyler Huntley. I mean, how many times did we sit at games or watch games on TV and Tyler Huntley and Zach Moss, consistently made people miss in the backfield and got yardage out of it. We saw it time and time again. Now those are now, I mean, obviously those are NFL players. Um, Brewer looks a mess back there Uh, and I don't blame him. If I had seven guys coming free on me, I'd look a mess back there too. <laughs>
1: well, and then that's kind of where I I kind of feel for Brewer, because um, yes, he he hasn't been playing up to where I think everyone thought he would be playing. I mean, especially this coaching staff. Uh, but I don't think you can put all of that on him. He no, his his game not. is he's 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 not very mobile. He doesn't really move around the pocket that that well, um, and so when he's given time, you know he he he's very accurate. But I think he doesn't feel comfortable. At least, you know, from what we're seeing, we're just fans. I get it. But from what we're seeing, is he doesn't really feel comfortable running the ball, moving around with his feet to make plays. And I kind of feel maybe that's where rising his game it may be better for this team. Uh, I mean, we definitely saw that in the game. Um, the offense started to move the ball, and I think a lot of that had to do with because we had a quarterback in there that was able to kind of shift things around, move around the pocket. Um, and, I mean, we saw Rising take a couple runs. Um, and that, That's something I don't think you get from a Charlie Brewer.
0: Mm-mm. No, I don't think so either. And, and I think, uh, and you're right, we did see improvement when Rising came into the game, not only in his ability to be mobile. I think there was, and I don't know what it is, but there seemed to be uh something different about the mentality of the team when he came in just maybe a little bit more swagger I think he has a little bit more swagger than Brewer Brewer seems more businesslike just you know sit back there and do his job and and I think it seems like rising plays with a little bit more emotion um, and and for all we know maybe the team wanted rising to be there from the get-go and and uh, Brewer got the nod from the coaching staff but uh I don't know. I, as much as it looked better towards the end of that game, it doesn't solve the issues going on. There are still a lot of problems that need to be dealt with.
1: Uh, so before we get into the quarterbacks, because obviously you know that's kind of the hot topic, and especially with with Kyle's comments uh, Monday afternoon. Uh, before we get into that, I really want to talk about uh, the rushing attack and, and the running backs. We didn't really see. Tevion Thomas, I think he had one carry, didn't didn't go anywhere, but man, not a good showing at all for the running backs. A combined rushing for seventy yards. Bernard kind of led that group, seventeen carries for forty seven yards, and, and I think for me that's really the disheartening uh, a lot with this offense is because in BYU against BYU with all the struggles you know they were able to to find some lanes to run in especially bernard uh against san diego state th- there was nothing and utah really needs really needs a rushing attack to help generate some offense for them
0: oh yeah and, and it was i think it was yesterday i was sitting there watching some nfl games and it just dawned on me like i don't remember seeing thomas play did he did even he not even get in the game so i jumped on and looked at the stats and saw that you know, he had the one carry for zero yards. I don't even recall seeing it.
1: I don't even. Maybe I know. it
0: was maybe it was early in the game when the uh, the earlier game <laughs> when went late and we couldn't
1: when, see it when CBS Sports <laughs> wasn't showing it.
0: Yes, but um, yeah, I mean, obviously, he's had issues in the first two games fumbling the ball, and and they're probably going to be cautious with that. Is is. They figure out how to get him to hang on to that thing, and and obviously Bernard uh, kind of broke out and probably and deserves the the number one carries. Um, but but I think you have to you got to have guys that can mix it up. You got to have that bruising back, which Thomas is, and uh, and you got the, the speed and versatility of Bernard. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, though the the offensive line. Is not creating any any holes for these guys to run through, and it's if if that again if this if that continues, you're not going to win many games if you cannot run the ball.
1: No, you're you're one dimensional, right? Yep. And Utah is like news flash for everyone. Utah's not that dynamic of a team, especially on offense, to be one to to be you know one dimension. On offense,
0: you, you can't instantly switch to an air raid offense, and it, uh, this is this offense isn't designed to do that. First of all, and um, I, you know, I don't know that we have the weapons to implement something like that. You you've got to have a running game. I was so busy at work, I didn't even see anything about the press conference today. What did Whittingham say?
1: Well, let's jump into that. We're up against a break. When we come back, we will talk the starting quarterback going forward for the youth. All right, in the Monday afternoon presser for Winningham, uh, Ryan, you said you weren't able to to catch it yet. When Kyle was asked on who's going to be starting quarterback, he said they've made the determination they're going to keep that in-house, and we will know when whoever runs out there Saturday afternoon against Washington State
0: why what is the point of I that
1: I don't get it I, I don't get it this,
0: there's tape on both of them I mean it's not like they can't prepare oh well
1: gosh. and does Washington State really not know who's going to be running out there everyone knows it's cameraizing
0: nothing against Brewer but if Brewer runs back out there oh my goodness <laughs> It's, uh, it's 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 got to be rising after that i mean essentially it was a a 14 point comeback in just uh, the last few minutes of the game so you've got to go with the hot hand and the guy who who delivered uh to get you in that position don't you
1: no i think you have to i mean not only to 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 kind of show that faith in your team that you know, if you are going to go out there and give it your all and the team is having success under you, that's who we're going to play. They can't play this politics game, uh, especially at the quarterback position. You got to get to the guy that, what well, you said, has the hot hand, the guy that's 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 won the job. And, mm-hmm. you know, so far, it, Rising has won the job. Um, I was listening to uh, ESPN 700 today. And you know they kind of talked about the two different quarterbacks. They both faced the exact same amount of blitzes in the game. I think they both got blitzed 14 times during the game. Uh, oh, and,
0: interesting. I didn't hear that.
1: And 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 Rising had a much better success rate over Brewer over it. And again, that's not a knock on Brewer because I still think he's a very talented quarterback. I mean, there's a reason why he's thrown over 10,000 yards.
0: Oh, for sure. It, yeah. it just
1: seems like Rising's skill sets fit better with this team and where this team is lacking in creating a clean pocket in keeping the offense, you know, kind of moving along. I think rising kind of helps you with that is rising the best runner. No, he's not a quote unquote dual threat quarterback. I don't think anyone's expecting him to be, but he does move around a little bit more and he gives you options. You can kind of move that pocket around. Uh, You know, we Mm -hmm. saw it in, in this last game. Rising picked up forty six yards on on the run. Even though he's not, you know, a Tyler Huntley type speed, just having that threat of a quarterback that can get you, you know, four, even five yards on a scramble when he's running, that adds another layer that the defense has to account for.
0: For sure, we we we've, we saw that in the in our last two games. BYU obviously, Jaron Hall has the ability to to run. And that essentially what put the game away late in that game is his ability to, to do that zone read and turn the corner. And, and then Utah got burned on it against San Diego state with, when they switched their quarterback to the, to the more athletic running type quarterback and they only threw for 44 freaking yards and they ran all over us. So, um, yeah, I think you've got to you've got to put someone in there that can be a little more mobile. But you know, after you're know, talking about this, this leads to the next question that I think has to be answered. Maybe it's a two-part question. The coaching staff had to have known how bad this offensive line was going to be coming into the season, right? I mean, this doesn't just show up on game one, and you're like, "Oh, we didn't see this all fall, right?" And if that's the case, don't you pick the guy who's more mobile? I mean, how how did how did Cam Rising not beat out Brewer in camp? I know they say it was neck and neck, and they picked him because he has a little bit more experience. But I I don't know. I think I see. I think they botched it from the get go. I
1: it's a fair point. I think a, I mean look at the red and white game, and everyone was talking how Brewer went like eighteen of eighteen or, or whatever in, mm-hmm. in the red and white game, uh, and I remember jumping on uh, the Quack Twelve podcast talking about that, and and they kind of brought me back to earth because they were like, "Well, he wasn't live, right?" I said, <laughs> "No, he wasn't." Like, and, and maybe that has a lot to do with it is because he you know he was protected in, in practices. That you know, they they just they didn't know how how bad the offensive line really was. Uh, it
0: how do you not know that unless your defensive line is horrible too?
1: <laughs> it, it, yeah, I don't. I mean, I, I, I maybe I'm,
0: there's <laughs> some truth to that too.
1: I, I'm trying to 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 look under a rock, <laughs> try to find an answer to that <laughs> question. Uh, it, it is a head scratcher, and, and and maybe it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, Earlier with Jim Harding, has he run his course here at the University of Utah? Is is it time for a change? And obviously, I don't think that's going to happen in season. Um, you know, Whittingham is very uh, keeps his emotions in check, right? I don't think he's going to do something drastic like that mid season. But if Whittingham, you know, gives it another go at the end of the season, I, that's definitely something you got to look at. No, and I think sure. across I heard, the board,
0: I heard Clay Helton's looking for a job. Oh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I
1: like what I said, Rising's got to be your guy. Uh, we're up against it, but we have a special guest on the line. When we come back, we'll bring on the our mystery caller. All right, Utah fans, calling in. From the island of Hawaii, we got Scott. Scott, are you surviving your vacation?
2: I am, man. I uh, I had to get as far away as from Utah's offensive line as possible.
0: <laughs> oh boy, yeah. I, I, I'm I'm I over here recruiting. <laughs> <laughs> Bring, going, bring back a few offensive linemen with you, please. I'm going door to door. Hey, you
2: you look like you got good size. You want to come play offensive line for Utah?
0: <laughs> well, if you can't find enough of them, maybe you can find an offensive line coach.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. What a disaster. That first quarter may have been the worst football I have ever witnessed. Zero yards. Zero. I mean, it, it was literally a clown show watching watching that first quarter. I mean, the the defenders were half the time arriving to the quarterback slash running back at the same bloody time. I know. Yeah, we had we had offensive linemen running into each other. Nobody knew which direction they should be going. Like, what on earth? It was it was it was comical how bad it was.
0: One of my favorite was when Ford snapped it off his butt and he turned around because he felt that he the snap probably wasn't very good. And then the guy, this guy just runs right by him. <laughs> Instead of watching, Who's blocking. Oh, don't worry.
2: Uh, Daniels had a few of those. There was, <laughs> it was, I'll, I don't know, man. That was so strange. You know, I mean, we kind of obviously that Bad performance against BYU. Expected them to come out with some fire, and they came out like they had spent the week in Hawaii. <laughs>
0: oh man, something's not right with the whole team, uh, the offensive line specifically. But there's there's something going on there.
1: Yeah, something's a little off. And I they had their player only meeting on Monday morning, Monday afternoon. Um, but yeah, it's. I agree, Ryan. It seems like something's a, a little funky with this team.
2: Yeah, no, there's, there's, there is. And, you know, obviously it's, you know, as an outsider, you know, we're not going to necessarily know what's going on behind the scenes. But, but ultimately, I mean, you just look at, I mean, all, it, it almost seems like the team has just completely succumbed to the pressure of maybe the preseason expectations that were hyped on the program. And I mean, Covey even said that today said that, you know, that player only meeting was, was really helpful because it just felt like a burden was taken off everybody's shoulders from the start. And which, which is a little concerning that, you know, having, having a little bit of, of preseason hype was so jarring for this team that it came out like
0: this. Well, I think, I think you almost have to, I think Whittingham's to blame for that because in in the all the years he's been the head coach the, the head coach and even the defensive coordinator here he's always had that mentality like you don't you haven't arrived you got to work for this and and they they've always had that underdog role um and now he kind of pumped up his own team and the freaking offensive line how many times did he say this is the best offensive line he's had in his entire coaching career
2: well i i think phil still he had utah's offensive line the fifth ranked in the country um going into this and i think a big reason for that is the conversation he had with winningham so i mean it, it just makes it even it, it just it's, I don't know what to think of it. Obviously, Kyle's a brilliant defensive mind and a, a brilliant football coach. But, I mean, he he's playing Brewer over Rising, which makes you scratch your head. And then to, to pub up this offensive line like he did and then have it perform this bad. I mean, this isn't just, you know, a bad performance. This is like historically, like it's laughable bad.
0: Take it for what it's worth, but I mean, there were a few media guys uh, on Twitter during the game making comments like, "This is the worst offensive line in the country, yes. not just the Pac-12, but the country." I mean,
2: like, like seriously. I mean, let's take a, st- a step back. I know sometimes we like to be a little dramatic on stuff like this, but have you ever witnessed any of any college game? Have you ever witnessed an offensive line that out of sorts? No.
1: Well, and it's been m- multiple games now.
2: I mean, there, there's there's offensive lines. I mean, you watch Oregon, and you're like, "Dang, man, those guys just know what they do, what they're doing. They provide protection. There's gaping holes in the run game. You know, when you, even if you don't understand what each guy's supposed to do on the offensive line, when you see it, you recognize it, and but this was just, I mean, literally, there were guys running into each other. Nobody knew their assignment. The ball snapped. And before they even get out of their stance, their def- the defenders ran right past them. I mean, it was, I don't know what's going on, but I just don't know. Obviously, you can't, you can't get rid of Harding midseason because it's just going to create a bigger issue for this group. But, I mean, I just don't know how he survives with a performance like this,
0: yeah, and we we kind of talked about that before you jumped on and and I kind of compared it to what uh, Whittingham did with Holiday at the end of last year. like you know there's some issues, there's some production problems, and a change has to be made. I, if if these kind of issues continue to happen and maybe it gets better, but it's I, this isn't going to be something that's solved by next Saturday. Um, No, it's
2: it's it's not. And I mean, and you guys may have already touched on this, but obviously when Cam Rising came in, you still saw the same issues going on. Right. There were still he was still running for his life, having to escape the pocket, move around in the pocket just to be able to deliver a pass.
0: He had to do a couple of stiff arms in the backfield just to extend the play. Exactly. So those issues didn't necessarily
2: stop but he was able to kind of nullify some of those just with his ability to escape um, and create more space until he could deliver the pass. And so obviously that's, that's huge moving forward and that's, that's going to be a big help, but (laughs) there has to be massive loads of improvement before, uh, before I think this offense can be maybe even start to live up to the hype that it had preseason.
1: I totally agree. You know, they're, they're far from the hype, and, and I think this team is as well. And I think moving forward right now, not I mean, they're starting Pac-12 play, right? So they're, they're 0-0 in conference, which is a good thing. Uh, but I don't think we can start talking and start looking at a, a, Pac, a Pac-12 South championship. I think right now, Utah just needs to stay focused on Washington State and and trying to figure out who they are, Get that identity, try to start fixing these major issues uh and, and to your point, Scott, they're not going to be changed overnight, and because of that, it's honestly they just they gotta take it one day, one game at a time. The question is, can they though can this offensive line and all the and can this offensive group come together to start achieving those goals
0: it obviously. I think individually they they all have some talent. It's just about being cohesive as a unit, and, and maybe some of it is they don't have, they haven't had a lot of time as a unit. I mean, three of them were injured game one, and uh, it, 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 a lot of them you know didn't play together last year either. So, and I, I mean, not, not I, I don't want to derail your
2: thought there by any means, but one of one of the things that I keep hearing that that you know this is a young offensive line. We got a bunch of sophomores, guys who haven't played that much, even some freshmen. I, I, I guess I guess what I'm wondering is, they know the play. You're supposed to go left. You're supposed to go right. They know what is what the play is, what their assignment is. So whether or not you you've made 500 snaps next to the guy uh, the guy next to you, or if it's the first time working with that guy next to you. You both know the play. Why can't you not do it?
1: It's, I think you're making a valid point. And, and to me, that goes back to coaching. It, if the guys don't know their assignment, and it's been three games where it's the same mental mistake, I mean, yes, the, the players have to take responsibility, they have to take ownership, but you do have to make that turn and look at coaching. Are they being coached up? Are they being prepared the right way?
2: And 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 that's where I think they're not. And and I think there's some guys that need to need to find the bench. And I don't care. You know, I mean, you know, I, I don't want. We don't necessarily need to call anybody out. But whether you're a senior, a junior, or a brand new freshman put the guys on on the field that can get the job done because this is this is pretty ridiculous that as experienced as some of these guys are who literally look like they, sh- they they look like they should not be on the field so let's find five guys regardless of their age or their experience level and let's let them play and grow together because some of these guys are showing that they're not ready to they're not ready to play so why why do we keep trotting them out there?
0: The coaching staff really needs to dig deep and find the guys who, who A, are good enough to play and, B, who want to play and are going to put in the effort to to do the job. Because what it, honestly, from a fan standpoint, and I could be way off because they could be trying the darndest and it's just not whatever they're doing. It's not working. But it almost looks like a lack of, Effort out there.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, and and you guys have alluded to it. Obviously, we're not we're not well qualified to break down offensive line play, but I mean, something's got to be done. It, you just you just can't. It, it it just doesn't make much sense to keep keep trotting out those same five guys. And I know even in this last game, they they switched uh, a, a few guys around, and uh, you know I think they're trying to find that that great combination. But I think it goes to leadership. There's you gotta look at the leadership of that of, of the guys on in that unit, in that offensive line room. And if they're not getting it done, you know, go cheer, cheer on the guys from the sideline. Let's get guys that know how to play and, and can get the job done. Cause it's it's really embarrassing at this point.
0: This this obviously didn't play out well because you think that we'd be able to turn some things around against San Diego State, but the the, the schedule bodes well if they can figure some things out I mean just obviously we're opening this week at home against opening Pac-12 play at home against Washington State probably one of the weaker teams in the conference and then you've got your bye week before you travel to USC so if you can if you can figure out a way to get a win Saturday and then you've got a you've got two weeks to figure out some stuff in house maybe maybe they can turn the season around
2: well, I, I think obviously cam rising's gonna be a big part of that. And and yeah, the offensive line, whoever ends up being those guys, they got we gotta start seeing some growth. And there's let's be honest, they've hit the basement. There's no there's no lower level to get to. <laughs> I mean, some some of that play was horrendously bad. So it's it's all uphill from here. The question is how how quickly can they climb that hill? Is it going to be a slow climb or maybe some changes, maybe even some new bodies in there? Do we, do we get some surprises and maybe we, we, we get some better play faster. I don't know, but it's got to start. And And maybe,
0: maybe what it takes is one of these guys who thinks they're, you know, they're God's gift to the offensive line gets benched and it's a wake up call.
2: Oh, I, 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 I mean, whether that happens, I don't know. But I think it needs to happen. Um, I mean, yeah, I think there's a, a couple of guys who probably maybe maybe are in their own head a little bit. Maybe hitting the bench for a game might, you know, might make, wake them up, might settle some things down. Who knows? And that's that's ultimately up for the coaches to decide. But um, But again, I think, you know, we're going to see Brewer just wasn't cutting it behind this offensive line. He can escape. And you know, one of the things that's really stuck out to me about a brewer is his lack of arm strength. Mm-hmm. Constantly he's underthrowing, I mean, not even super deep balls, but guys down the sideline. I mean, he underthrew in that first half alone three guys. And which which had he let them, I mean, those could have been big plays or even touchdowns in that early in, on in that game. So Brewer obviously is not getting it done. Rising is what the presumed starter at this point, except Kyle's still keeping it secret, huh?
0: <laughs> For whatever reason, we'll never know.
2: What's what's the deal with that?
0: It doesn't make it, sense. It doesn't make sense, other than I think he just likes to mess with the media.
2: Well, I mean, he's the one that kind of looks dumb doing this. I, I mean, know. Let's be honest. It, you you don't have to be a Division One coach. Mm-hmm to be able to decide who was the better player. <laughs> I mean, it was strikingly, I mean, it striking the difference between the play of Brewer and rising. Obviously, you know, you know, rising's going to be the guy, <laughs> at least I hope so, because if he's not, I I've lost all confidence in this staff.
0: No, <laughs> oh, I agree. I agree that if, if Brewer runs, I, I, and, and honestly, I think Brewer would do well if there was an offensive line that could protect him but given that that isn't the case you've got to have a mobile quarterback back there
2: yeah you you, you really do and 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 maybe, maybe that's why brewer won the job originally was the thought of 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 having a great offensive line to play behind and they didn't really need that escapability but uh, obviously that has But, hasn't but honestly
0: before. how did the, Cameron and I talked about this before you before you jumped on how did they not know the offensive line would be this bad? You don't walk out in game one and like, oh, I didn't see this coming. <laughs> Apparently, they did.
2: <laughs> I mean, and and part of it would be, you know I I don't think our defensive line is is any good either. And so they were probably manhandling the defensive line, and the coaches thought, dang, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> And not, not realizing either one was any good.
1: If we can switch topics here, speaking of not as good as, as maybe everyone thought, special teams, again. Oh, my god! I, I think that's kind of being overshadowed by how bad the offensive line and offense was. But they give up another kick return for a touchdown on the season, missed field goals, missed PATs. There's a lot to clean up across the board.
0: Oh,
2: yeah, for guys, sure. Guys, this is not a good football team.
0: But you're right. They have not shown that. But on paper, this this should be a great football team. And that's
2: what's so strange is, like, who saw this coming? People were talking about this, this team as favorites to win the South, you know, as a potential playoff dark horse. As a team that you know could go heck go to the Rose Bowl, and this obviously this was this goes beyond just Ute fans in general, but it, it's amazing to me how literally nobody called this. No, there there weren't even people out there who thought, hmm, I don't know, I'm not sold on this Utah team.
0: Yeah, I picked him to go ten and two, so they've got to go undefeated the rest of the way.
2: <laughs> I had I had eleven and one. <laughs>
0: kick <laughs> Cam's already out of the running. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but
2: yeah, it's your point, I mean, that Special teams yeah. is is abysmal, and I don't I don't know what I mean. Like Kyle's a big stat guy, right? He loves he loves his stats, and that's why he kicks the ball to the one yard line instead of kicking it out of the back of the end zone. Well, guess what? If you just do the simple thing, you eliminate the risk of injuries on these kickoffs. And you wouldn't have two taken back to the house on you at this point.
0: And and that really is the difference in that San Diego state game. Oh yeah. It it, it was 10 10 at halftime and both the touchdowns were Cubby's punt return and their kickoff return. Yeah. That's how that's how bad it was.
2: Oh, it was it was awful. And then obviously, you know, kind of expected, all right, you know, the youths coming out of out of halftime would be able to you know, maybe play with a little bit of fire and and uh, and turn it around quickly. <laughs> State marches right down, scores a touchdown, and then few minutes later, six. Brewer throws a pick six. It's like, oh my gosh! Oh. But you know what? Maybe that was the necessary evil that, that needed to happen to to get uh, Rising off the bench.
0: Whoever coaching special teams probably won't be coaching them this week.
2: Sh- Sharif Shah is your special teams coach.
0: Hopefully not and, this
2: week. You know what I mean? It, it, you know, it, it, uh, oh man, you hate to pick on anybody. Special teams are not good, and, and even you know, cornerback position has not been great so far. So there's a, there's a lot of items and a lot of areas on this football team, and and that's the hard part. Is in years past when we've had a a, a pretty average to mediocre offense. We've had a significant we've got a defense that you can rely on, right? And you've got special mm-hmm. teams. So you could kind of hide your weakness, play great defense, maybe get a score through special teams, win special teams week in and week out and do just enough offensively to win a game, which basically Utah has has made a habit of that. That that's been Utah's formula since we joined the Pac-12. We can't even do that this year. Well, and I think you they, can't hang your hat on any of on any of those. Well,
1: and I think they also utilize the defense to to control field position and give the offense a shorter field uh, to to work with. And so far, the defense just isn't doing it. Um, I, I, there's one turnover in this game that fumble recovery uh, for Utah, but Utah didn't even cause the fumble.
0: No, that was he, an unforced he, error. He own, that we luckily hit, got back. He
1: hit his own. He, yeah, he hit his own player that knocked the ball out.
2: It was it was it was those big caps from the from the tight end that jarred it loose. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but luckily, Lloyd was in the right place at the right time.
1: Exactly, and I, to your point, Scott. I mean, yeah, years past, it could be, you know, the defense making up for the shortcomings of the offense. And so far this season, just the defense is it just isn't there. What it has been and maybe that's contributing to, to showcasing how poor this offense really is playing.
2: Well, and, and de- even defensively, right? I mean, San Diego State threw the ball for 44 yards on Saturday. So they, didn't, they did absolutely nothing through the air. And, but, but it all came through, through the run game. Whereas in the past, you know, we've, had, we've had years where our secondary's been pretty iffy. And they give up a ton of passing yards, but yet we've still been able to maintain the line of scrimmage and control the run game. So teams, even if they're successful throwing the ball, we're able to get them off the field. We're 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 able to still control the game because we're able to control the line of scrimmage. This year, through three games, we can't control anything. The, the people are running all over us, left and right. And I mean, and to that point, San Diego State didn't even need to pass the ball to
0: beat us. And, and and really, yes, they ran for 200 yards, but they only got one offensive touchdown out of that.
2: Right. Right. But, but they yeah. were still able to, to stay on the field
0: Yeah, and they were able yeah. to get
2: third downs through the run game. And, and they obviously, yeah. I mean, they, they, they didn't put on some great performance, which makes it even more embarrassing that you still (laughs) couldn't take advantage of this and and get a win. You know, obviously, the way the game ended, you know, Rising comes in, and after those first two possessions, you know, he kind of caught fire and just played with some energy. Obviously, the up-tempo offense was huge. Um, It kept San Diego State off balance a little bit. They They were definitely not blitzing as much uh, when rising came in and we started playing faster. I mean, and that's so hopefully you talk and look at that Ludwig, the staff, and they can, we can see some of that moving forward and, and stop playing at such a slow, deliberate pace and speed it up a little bit. Keep the defense off balance.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, you'll see, you'll see less blitzes. If you keep them guessing on what's coming to make it fast, if you're But if you go to a no huddle, even if it's occasionally, they can't blitz every time. They're going to be gassed, and that's going to give you opportunities.
2: Yeah, exactly. You know, and even, you know, rising on some of those, uh, you know, it wasn't like he was throwing downfield all day long, but he was just dumping, you know, he was just doing some dinks and dunks and dumping some, some, uh, some off right of the line of scrimmage and letting guys run for a few yards, you know. It wasn't anything spectacular, but it kept the ball moving and it kept the chains moving, because that's big. Through three games, that's been one of this offense's biggest issues is third down. I believe I don't have the stat in front of me, but I believe they're eleven for thirty-seven on the season through three games on third down conversion, which is horrendous. Which is why you're just not able to score points because the offense can't stay on the field.
0: Well, and part of and, the problem is they're they're in third and longs more than they should be and you can't it's it's hard to convert third and longs I mean you need to and, you need to be productive so it's third and four third and five third and three so and, you, you and increase those uh, those possibilities of converting what what is the defense get to do on third and long just sit back they're gonna blitz
2: yeah they're gonna bring pressure and guess what? <laughs> That's why we've been so abysmal is this offensive line can't pick up anything. I don't even know if these guys can can pick up, you know, a drive-through at McDonald's at this point.
1: (laughs) All right, so that'll do for our thoughts of of Utah so far. Utah will take on Washington State this weekend. Uh, Let's dive into that. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. All right, so Utah's a 14-point favorite uh, going in the game against Washington State. Washington State on the year. They lose their opening game against the Aggies of Utah State. They beat Portland State, and they lose to USC last week. Uh, I They got up to what, a 14-0 lead on the Trojans, and I was thinking, oh, maybe Washington State's got something going on. Uh, and then they get boat raced, 45-14. to 14.
0: By by Corner Canyon's homeboy, Jackson Dart.
1: <laughs> Pride of Corner Canyon, Jackson Dart comes in. Uh, the,
0: the former Ute
2: legacy recruit, huh?
1: <laughs> but ultimately, I think, you know, with all the problems we're talking about with Utah, starting Pac-12 play, you know, this can set up Utah very nicely. They're not having to go up against a USC or an Oregon, you know, right out of the gate in Pac-12 play. They kind of get a warm-up game with Washington State. Yes, I call it a warm-up game, uh, even though Washington State is fully capable of beating them. I think this is Utah's in a good spot if they want to start correcting and get some rhythm to this team.
2: No, this is this is probably the best case scenario as far as a conference opponent um, that Utah can get. I mean, obviously, you know from how the Pac-12 has looked so far this year. You know, there's probably a lot of cupcakes on the schedule, <laughs> <laughs> like
1: uh, Arizona. But,
2: uh, but uh, no, this is this is good. This is uh, you know a program that uh, I mean they're not going to come out light the light the world on fire. At least, at least I hope they don't. Um, and and what this what this Utah team needs is confidence. They need confidence defensively. and They need to find some confidence offensively. And this is a good opponent to hopefully go out and find some of that. And, um, you know, I, I suspect, obviously, with rising, leading, leading the charge, I, th- I think this team has already rejuvenated just by him coming in and seeing the success that he had, even though it was only for, what, a quarter and a half. Um, I, I think that that is going to be huge for these guys. They're going to be embarrassed. They're going to be hungry. And, and hopefully there's, there's a full or close to full – uh, capacity at Rice Eccles for this twelve thirty game on Saturday, and and it's a good environment for this team. Are you being facetious? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being hopeful. My my uh, my my head is high in these Hawaiian clouds at the moment, but uh, um, but no, I mean, I think it's going to be huge for these guys to come out and just gain some confidence um, going into that bye week with with USC looming because. USC. I think Dart is going to throw it all over the field on us, and it, and I mean we're going to have to score probably forty plus points to beat USC at USC. So uh, it's like um, I picked
0: the wrong year to go to USC.
2: Yeah, really, I'll tell you. But yeah, who knows? We'll uh, we'll see. But I, uh, man, I know I said this last week too, but I. I think you're going to see I think you're going to see a little bit uh, a different team from Utah this week.
0: Yeah, I, I I obviously we all hope so, but I think I I think we will too, I, especially after, you know, they had a players only meeting and you don't have those types of meetings if the players don't understand a change needs to to occur. Uh, but the, you only have those meetings when you're awful. <laughs> no, you're you're absolutely right. But uh, it's good. I mean, there's there's some good leaders on this team. You've got you've got uh, Devon Lloyd, who obviously came back to win a Pac-12 championship. You've got Britton Covey, who's an outstanding leader. Um, those those guys, and, and there's more guys on this. I mean, Keithy, how many guys came back? For the purpose of winning a Pac-12 championship, and that that goal is still alive, but they've got a they've got to really pick it up. And I think this is an opportunity for them to do that.
2: I missed Witt's uh, press conference today. Did he did he state that all of their goals are still in front of them? Still,
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, he did talk about uh, how They're zero zero in, in conference play, and and still have a chance <laughs> to to do something in the conference. And, and ultimately, which, which I th- is true it it is true and ultimately i think this is the week that that is really going to show what this team is made of if if they can make changes that you know we've been harping on fans have been harping on if we can see those changes even just little ones this week that will speak volumes i think for the rest of the season if it's the same bull crap that we've seen the last 3 weeks that they trot out against washington state then I'm sorry, guys, but I, I, I think they're done. I really think oh. that this game is set up to they can either can it's either, they're either going to go up or down, and I think this is the week that's going to tell us what this team is made of.
2: Well, I, I think if if they don't win this game, they're not making a bowl game, and uh, and and I'm interested to see. You know, obviously, I think they're going to win this game. But, but the question is how do they win this game is it in convincing style where the defense plays well and the offense finds its rhythm and starts putting points on the board and is it a convincing win because if it if that's what happens then I've got some confidence you know I don't think these guys are going to win out by any means you know with with a usC a Ucla and oregon still on the schedule but if they can if they can get some rhythm this let's not forget this is probably the I mean, Kyle Whittingham st- has said it, the most talented roster probably ever at Utah. So if they, can, if they can find some things to start working and get some rhythm, this team is capable of going on a run and still putting a good season together. But if, if, it's, not a, if it's still, a, like you said, Cam, a pretty mediocre performance, I, I don't know, going into a bye week, sitting on that for two weeks, I don't know. I don't know. And then, and then you've got a tough USC team coming out of that bye week. I think this game is super critical to not only win, but to win big.
0: Yeah. This, this is a, this is a make or break for the season. If if they come out, even if they just, even if they sneak out a win that that's, that's kind of meaningless because what you have left on the schedule isn't going to bode well for you. So they've got to come out in convincing fashion and, and and win this, and, and really boost their own confidence that they can they can get out there and play Utah football.
2: Yeah, well, and I I think that's the biggest thing, and and that's probably I would suspect that's what some of this players only meeting was for. And man, it just seems like this team's in their own head right now.
1: All right, before we get into our our scores for the Utah game. I uh, kind of look back at the Pac-12 and looking forward to the games for this week. Uh, ones that kind of really stood out, UCLA drops a game against Fresno. Um, oh
0: my goodness, what a shocker. And I watched that. I mean, Fresno State put on a heck, and that quarterback, wow.
1: Fresno's good. Dude. Fresno's a, a heck of a team, but 13th in the country, UCLA drops it at home. I told Did you guys, that's, I wasn't that's high exactly... on
2: UCLA that's exactly what this conference can't be doing is dropping games like that. I mean, it just can't happen.
0: No, they can't. And it's, and it's happening to everybody except Oregon.
1: Yeah. Uh, Arizona state drops the game at Provo, uh, 27 to 17, uh, Minnesota and Colorado. So, Oh my gosh, dude. I was high on Colorado coming in the season. I'm not like high that they're going to win the South, but I thought they were going to be better. They put a goose egg up against Minnesota. That offense, (laughs) like we want to complain about Utah's offense. Colorado makes Utah look like the New England Patriots with Tom Brady. That's how bad Colorado is right now.
2: Didn't they only have like sixty? They had sixty-seven yards of offense.
1: Yeah, they're 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 bad, and they. Honestly, their defense did enough for them to win AM was it last week, but their offense can't do anything. Uh, so as much as we want to complain about Utah, it could be worse, and that's in Boulder. And then Arizona, another team that's just, what the crap is going on? They lose to Northern Arizona. How in the world does this conference have two losses to FCS schools? And now Arizona is going to have, you know, they have a quarterback controversy right now as Will plummer gets in you know what are they going to do there but doesn't really matter i mean arizona is so bad does it really matter who's playing quarterback for them
2: well and no and and obviously i i mean i think obviously there's there's issues with the the conference as a whole and the quality of football that's been being played in it and that's that's been an issue for a little while now but i think you're honestly seeing a cause of the decision to cancel last season and then come back late and only play four to five games per team is Thanks, it's, Larry Scott. it's it's catching up with with everybody it's catching up with utah you know and obviously the, i think the, the the death of ty jordan but i think this this COVID thing is affecting the conference as a whole which is, is sad because they already have their own issues to begin with. And uh, it's just, it's just good. I think it's going to take some time to climb out of this. And
1: then, kind of the, the big game um, for the week USC, as we said, destroys Washington State 45 14. Uh, Corner Canyon star Jackson Dart gets in for an injured Slovis. Uh, Dart goes 30 of 46, uh, just under 400 yards and four touchdowns what a debut for a true freshman. Uh, holy crap. That was a, a remarkable performance by dart. And who? what's going to go on with USC is, does dart is dart going to be now their, their new starter. Um, it kind of you know, to
0: see. It will be interesting. I mean, you, you gotta, gotta look at that as two ways. First, he was playing Washington state. So that, he, he's obviously talented and he'll be the starter at some point, but I mean, also you just came off of a loss to Stanford and then your quarterback gets hurt and the backup comes in and throws for almost 400 yards and goes 45 unanswered. I don't know how you can, you can put him back on the bench. Well, and, and how, how many backup quarterbacks
2: are going to get brought in? Um, midway through a game, and be allowed to throw the ball forty-six times. <laughs> oh
0: yeah, for sure.
2: <laughs> and I mean, it's it's crazy. Obviously, you know. But I mean, he's a talent, and and he's going to be really good at USC, and he's going to be a thorn in our sides until he gets drafted.
0: Oh, but, for sure. Uh, but but as he as they as he he's really honestly he's still a freshman, and as he starts to play better defenses and he gets scouted out. He's, he's not going to have those types of days
2: no but he's also supremely talented oh yeah absolutely uh, and and he'll go through some lumps if if he if he ends up being the starter moving forward you know he teams are going to scout him and, and throw some wrinkles at him and he'll have his struggles but he'll eventually overcome that uh, you would think and, and and be really really good which USC needs the conference needs and uh, be kind of cool to see a local kid um, it's just going to be at our expense, unfortunately.
1: Uh, looking ahead to this week's games, so everyone's now in, in conference play. Uh, probably the game that I think is going to kind of stand out, at least in my eyes, uh, UCLA coming off the loss uh, is playing at Stanford, taking on the trees, and, and I I think that is a very you know intriguing game to really find out is this UCLA team for real or were the first couple games a fluke. Uh, and Stanford, you know, still riding high off their win off USC, uh, taking on the Bruins, I think is is a key matchup for this conference. And then another one, Cal at Washington. Again, Washington hasn't played very well this season. They did destroy, you know, an FCS school this, this past weekend. Can they get up to kind of being a leader in the North and, and maybe challenging Oregon? I mean, I don't think they can. Oregon's. So good, uh, but I think much like Utah this week, I think Washington's kind of in that same boat. Can Washington prove that they're turning the course? That that Jimmy Lake is their guy, is their head coach, and they have a good a good chance, or they have a good matchup against Cal to kind of prove that.
0: I don't think Jimmy Lake's their future. <laughs> That's just yeah, nice. I.
2: I I mean, let's be honest. The the, we need UW to figure it out. I mean, they've they've got a. They're too important to to play this poorly, and and again, they're one of those teams just like Utah. They're they're way too talented to be playing this poorly. So obviously, whether Jimmy Lake's good enough to turn it around, that's that's the question. Um, but uh, I I would think I would think you're going to start to see some improvement from them. But uh, what? Yeah, huge disappointment so far.
1: Okay, so two matchups I think that I probably are going to be blowouts. Oregon is taking on Arizona. USC's playing <laughs> on playing Oregon State. If you had to pick one upset out of those two matchups, where are you guys going?
0: Well, Oregon's not losing to Arizona, so you got to go with the other one. <laughs> You know, I I I'll,
2: I'll pick Oregon State over USC any day of the week because they they've had a knack for for upsetting USC, and uh, you know I really like Oregon State. I like their coach, um, so I'd probably go that direction. I don't I don't see Arizona. Arizona's going to be out of that game midway through the first quarter. I think.
1: Oh, dude. The Wildcats are going to bear down, and they're going to pull that upset. Oh,
2: stop! Oh <laughs> my <God. laughs> Bear down.
1: <laughs> Could that be oh the worst? Gosh. Could that be the worst thing to ever happen to the conference? <laughs> At least this oh, season.
0: Oh, it would. <laughs> oh, you might as well close up shop if that happens. Th- that would be the we. The Pac would be the laughing stock of the country if that were to happen.
1: <laughs> Rightfully so. All right, let's get into this Washington State Utah game. As I said, Utah, as we're recording this, is a fourteen, fourteen and a half point favorite,
0: which shocks me. Two straight losses, not putting points on the board, and fourteen points. Well, obviously, Rising got the attention of uh, Vegas as well.
1: So, Scott, who do you got, and what's your score?
2: Well, I'm, uh, I'm sticking with these guys. As frustrating and disappointing as these last two games have been. I think I think you're gonna see something. I at least, man, I'm 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 hopeful for that. So I'm gonna go Utes. We're gonna we're gonna find some some sort of offensive identity. I'm gonna go Utah 37, Washington State 17.
1: Ray, where are you going?
0: I too will stick with my Utes. Uh, thank goodness they're playing a. A lesser opponent in the first conference game. Uh, Utah wins it. I'm going to go 31 uh, 17.
1: I definitely agree with you guys are going with this. Washington State gives up a lot of yards. They give up over 430 yards a game. So I think this is a perfect opportunity for this offense of Utah to get in rhythm because if it's not going to get against, against, if they can't do it against Washington State, it's going to be a long season. With that being said, I got Utah 30, Washington State 17. That will do it for this episode. Ryan, where can people find you on Twitter?
0: At Drum and Feather. Drum, the letter N, Feather.
1: And Scott?
0: Uh, you you can find me at Ute Man underscore forever.
1: And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at UtahManPodcast at our home, UtahManPodcast.com. And you can subscribe, rate, and review us uh, anywhere you listen to a podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, we are there. And hopefully Utah gets a much-needed win to open up Pac-12 and go Ute.
0: Aloha, Utes. Aloha. Let's go Utes. We'll be
2: telling that die. Yay. We're good. Let's cut it. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are their own and are no way affiliated with the University of Utah.